Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There you go, right? So far, so good, right? So far, 2017 is really awesome. So, looking forward to it. Uh, a fun new year. I, I am looking forward to it with you. And it's not every Sunday that we get to say this is the very first day of a brand new year. And uh, so we're going to be thinking about that this morning. We're going to be directing our thoughts appropriately, and I hope uh, have a service this morning, a time together as a faith family that will be encouraging to each of us. I would like to say one quick word about what Chris mentioned, uh, this series that starts two weeks from today, God's Church, Your Family. That is going to be a challenging study for us. It's going to be, uh, the big idea is that when you became a follower of Jesus, one of the things that happened to you is you were placed into a family. And you have brothers and sisters, and there are implications to being brothers and sisters with each other in a family. And we're going to talk about that. The New Testament especially has a lot to say about that. And I guarantee that you will learn things that you did not know. Some of the ways that we're going to approach this study will be from directions that you're not familiar with that will bring new insight and meaning to the fact that we are a family, brothers and sisters, and some of the obligations and commitments that are part of that. So that starts two weeks from today. It will be both encouraging to you and challenging to you. It will be formative to our church. And so I really want to encourage you to be looking forward to that. Uh, We're going to hit the ground running uh, uh, on the 15th with that study. And uh, I'm looking forward to it and still in the midst of getting ready for it. So well, uh, again, a brand new year. I love a brand new year. It's kind of like the snow falling, which I can see right now that snow is back. So just take my word for it. I, I can see a little, and I see snow. So the snow is back, and the snow kind of, I mean, it pretties everything up again, and uh, you forget what's underneath it. And it's kind of like a new year, isn't it? You know, the snow kind of comes and pretties everything up, and, and you kind of forget you know, some of the stuff that's really there. So a brand new year. I love a brand new year. I think it's the same reason that I love brand new office supplies. I don't know if you love opening up and, you know, yeah, I got some office supply people here. You know, there is nothing like opening up a new box of staples, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean, or uh, the best of all, I know you'll, a, a brand new legal pad. You have finished your legal pad. You've used the last piece. You throw that dirty cardboard away and you pull out a brand new legal pad. Isn't that a great feeling? It's just this feeling of freshness and potential and, and a little bit of accomplishment, too, because you use that other thing, and now you get to open up this brand new pretty thing, and uh, uh, that's, that's kind of what a new year is like. A new year. Another uh, picture of a new year I think of, when I think of a new year, I think of like Lewis and Clark. I think of this uncharted territory, somewhere no one's ever been before, or at least nobody that you know, and, and it's, it's full of new things to discover, and that's exciting. So, you know, here we are, we're kind of all the Lewis and Clark of our own, of, of our own 2017, and there's new territory to cover, and new things to learn, new things to be discovered, and sure enough, uh, new dangers, new new. Things to be wary of. Uh, another picture I have, so like a fresh sheet of paper, uh, undiscovered land, Lewis and Clark, another mental picture for me of a new year. 
is a movie that you've never seen before. You know, you're starting this movie that you've never watched, and you're going to watch the plot twists and see how it all works out. Or better than that, really, not so much a movie, but it's like a serial TV show because you already know all the characters. It's not like you're meeting new characters, right? They're the people you already know, and you're just picking up from the cliffhanger. And you're going to find out what happens in the next season. That's what a new year's like. It's, it's uh, all these things, fresh piece of paper, uh, a movie you've never watched, uncharted territory. They all have in common this freshness, this newness. Also, I think a level of interest, things that you're, you haven't experienced. So there's a level of freshness. There's a level of interest. There's potential. You know, uh, there's a chance to kind of hit the reset button. And a little bit of a start over, new, new, uh, slipsies don't count, you know, I get a new year, get a start again. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's a little bit of, so there's a potential, but there's also a little bit of uh, wariness, I think. Uh, uncharted land can be scary. Places you've never been are full of dangers that you've never experienced before. They're full of, of uh, unknowns that may be good and they may be bad. And... Uh, how do you approach a new year when it's full of potential and you're excited about it, but on the other hand, you're like, I don't know what the rest of this year holds, and you're a little nervous about it as well. So there's potential, but there's potential danger as well. Well, we're going to approach it this morning with a simple, simple study of a very simple, straightforward psalm. What a great way to start out a brand new year with a psalm. And this is a psalm that's familiar to you. It's kind of comfort food. It's going to be a comfort food meal for your, for your uh, new year. Uh, because it is going to be comforting, but it's, it's going to be instructive and encouraging. And many of you have probably memorized this psalm. So uh, we'll use it to start out our new year and culminate with uh, communion. So why don't you open your Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We're going to read it, and uh, then we're going to apply what it teaches to the new year that's ahead of us. So, Psalm 23. This is a psalm that many of us, maybe many of you, may have memorized, maybe when you were even a young person, a kid. Uh, it's a great passage. It's a classic part of our Bibles. And it's classic because it offers us such an important perspective on God and us. And we're going to uh, read it. Actually, we'll read it in uh, the New International Version, which is what I have here. And then we're going to read it in a different version, all right? So Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yahweh, the Lord forever. 
That's the New International Version. I'd like for us to read it in another version, which I'm going to have to read off the screen here. Uh, It's the uh, New Living Translation. And we're just going to read it and get a little bit of a different uh, perspective on it. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Two different translations. I like them both, and I'm, we're going we're gonna to put them actually both up there. New International on one side and the New Living Translation on the other, just, just to kind of help us appreciate uh, different perspectives on, on this psalm as we work our way through it. And really, we're just going to take a, a pretty high-level overview of this psalm and just look at really the, the main premise and two implications. There's a main premise, and there are two implications or two applications of the premise. And the main premise... The, uh, the organizing idea to the whole psalm is a very first statement, Yahweh is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The organizing principle of this psalm is that we are sheep. We are sheep and we have a, a shepherd who is, and, and the name of that shepherd is Yahweh. That's the organizing principle of the whole psalm. And, and out of that truth that God is our shepherd, Yahweh is our shepherd in the year 2017. Out of that truth, the Lord is my shepherd, there are two implications. And the first implication of this, and this is, remember, this is for people who follow God. Those who follow God experience Yahweh as their shepherd. And the very first implication, if Yahweh, if God is your shepherd, the very first implication to that is that you need nothing. You need nothing. When I was a kid, I memorized this psalm in the King James Version, which now is about it's 400 years old, English, 400-year-old English. And you know how it goes if you've memorized it in the King James. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when I was growing up, I thought, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. God is my shepherd, and I don't want him. I don't understand why I don't want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, that's not what it means. Uh, it's not what it means. It means, as the New International puts it here, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Oh, now I understand. I shall not be in want. Or as it says uh, over here, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I have everything I need. Because God is your shepherd, you need nothing. You have everything that you need. And that's the beautiful truth here. That if you have... If, if you as a sheep, if you just have a competent shepherd, you're going to be okay. If you just have a competent shepherd, then you're going to have everything that you need this year. Now, all of your needs will be met, but they're not going to be met by you. Because remember who you are. You're a sheep. 
You can't meet your own needs. You can't protect yourself. You can't provide for yourself. You can't find your own way. So if your needs are going to be met this year, they're not going to be met by you because you're a sheep. If you have no shepherd, you could understand why a sheep with no shepherd would, would be jittery all the time, right? I wonder what this next year is going to be like. I, you, know. you can understand why a sheep with no shepherd would never be able to just settle down and enjoy what's right in front of them because they're always afraid. They know that they are vulnerable. They know that their needs may not be met because they're just a sheep and they have no shepherd. I mean, no wonder every time, no wonder they jump every time they hear a noise. As a sheep without a shepherd, you're in constant danger because you can't meet your own needs. You can't protect yourself. You can't provide for yourself. You can't find your own way. But that's not you. If you are a Jesus follower, then that's not you. You're not a sheep without a shepherd. You don't have to be jittery at the thought of 12 months of unknown. You don't have to be worried about that. You can be sure of something. You can be sure that this year all of your needs will be met. God will take care of you in every way that you need because you have a shepherd and not just any shepherd. Yahweh, the Lord, is your shepherd. With God as your shepherd, you have everything you need. And you can read through the psalm and see the kinds of things that are provided. You see that, uh, God, God, uh, that, that you will have provision. You will have green pastures and quiet waters. You'll have restoration, that God will restore your soul. You will have direction. God will guide you this year. He will guide you along right paths at every juncture. You have provision, you have restoration, you will have direction, you'll have everything that you need. Now, when you think about 12 months of unknown, that's an encouraging thought, right? That in the next 12 months, I will need nothing because God is my shepherd. There's a second reality that flows out of the idea that God is your shepherd. First is that you need nothing. That's a big part of the psalm, that we need nothing. But the second thing is not only do you need nothing if God is your shepherd, not only do you need nothing, you also fear nothing. You fear nothing. And you see that in verse 4 where it says, Even though I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or here, even though I, when I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, I will not be afraid, for you are with me. You are close beside me. Not only, if God is your shepherd, not only do you need nothing, you need to fear nothing. I like the way that the New Living Translation puts it, even though, even when I walk through the darkest valley. What's the What's the darkest possible valley? Well, that, that certainly is the valley. of the, it's, it's death, your death or someone else's. And the psalmist says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Now, there's no guarantee that 2017 doesn't hold dark valleys. There is every possibility. And certainly for some of us in this room, it does. It does hold dark valleys that we don't know about. Here's the deal. You don't have to be afraid of that. 
you say, oh, I'm vulnerable. I, something could happen. Yes, that's right. You are a sheep. It's true. But you have a shepherd. And even though you walk through life's darkest valley, you don't need to be afraid because God is with you. He is your shepherd. And if that's, tr- if that's true, that God is your shepherd, then you don't need to know what this year holds. You don't know everything that's going to happen to you or to your family. You don't know what opportunities may arise, and you may not know what to, you know, whether to, what to pursue. You may not know what choices you'll have to face. You may not know what challenges you'll have to face, but that's okay. You're the sheep. You don't have to worry about those things. You're not the shepherd. He has to worry about those things. But you don't have to because you're a sheep. What you can know is this, that even if the shepherd leads you through a dark valley, maybe even the darkest of all valleys, you don't need to be afraid because God is with you. And God has the tools to keep you safe. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God has all the equipment that he needs to take care of you this year. And God will keep you safe. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. God's going to take care of you better than just the bare minimum. That's how the psalm ends. The psalm ends by reminding us that God's going to take care of you in a way that is going to be gracious and abundant. Here's here's the end of the psalm. Surely, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's what it says here. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfading love will pursue me all the days of my life. Now here's something that as familiar, and some of you are going to be like, you didn't know that already? But uh, I've memorized a psalm when I was a kid. I've preached from this psalm before. Uh, There was something about this psalm that I didn't know, and I have never appreciated. And when I learned it a couple weeks ago, preparing for this morning, I wrote it in my Bible so that I would remember it's, it's this, and it's really almost the best part of the psalm, I think. Um, that, that last verse where it says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Right? We, we repeat that. And we all know it. Surely goodness and love will follow me. Uh, that word follow, that word follow is a word that means to hunt someone down. It's a word that's used of your enemies against you. All right, so, so it's a little bit closer to this idea here that we have, surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. It's a word that means they're, it's gonna ch- goodness and love are going to chase you all the days of your life. That God's goodness and love, and that word love, which is uh, like mercy, I, you know, goodness and love, uh, unfailing love, uh, that's the word chesed that we learned about in our study of Ruth. God's unfailing love. And here's the idea, that God's goodness and God's love, they're going to hunt you down this year. They're going to hunt you down. They're going to be hot on your tail all year, breathing down your neck. They're going to be so close behind you, you're going to be like, I think they have almost got me. You know, I am, I am almost caught by God's goodness and his love. I just love that idea that, that, that God's goodness and love is going to relentlessly pursue you this year. His love for you is not going to fail. Um, we were singing a song uh, a few minutes ago. I don't remember the name of it, but just, I'm just reminded as 
of what I thought there when I was singing. And it's, it has something somewhere in there, Jonathan, I don't remember, but it says, it really says, God will not let go of me. I don't remember the words, but, but I mixed it up, and it was like, I will not let go of God. And I realized I sang the wrong words, that I sang, I will not let go of God, when it's really God will not let go of me. I'm mixing up the lyrics, but that's the idea. And I thought, oh, yeah, I could let go of God. <laughs> But he won't let go of me. And that's this idea of, of God's mercy, his love, his goodness for you. It's going to hunt you down this year. It's going to be hot on your pursuit all year long. And that's just a, a beautiful reminder of how relentless God is going to be in loving you and taking care of you this year. Why do you need to fear nothing? Why do you, will you have everything? You, how is that? that? Because God is your shepherd, you will have everything you need. You will need nothing and you will fear nothing. And sure, there are potential dangers ahead. Yeah, who knows what's around the next corner? I don't. There are potential dangers ahead, but we are assured that we need nothing and we need fear nothing because God is our shepherd all year long. And his goodness and love are going to hunt us down. Now, that's what this psalm holds for us. So I hope that, that kind of gives you a steady, a steady footing as you think about this next year and as you enter into the opportunities and challenges that you know that God is going to be with you. And to help us just kind of bring that idea home, I want us to think about how it is. How is it that God is our shepherd? The only reason that we can say that God is our shepherd is because of the holiday that we just celebrated Christmas, where God himself became a human being. And our passage in Philippians says, he made himself nothing, took on the very nature of a, of, of a, of a human, and then was obedient to death all the way to the cross. And it's because of Jesus' selflessness for us that we can now have God as our shepherd. There are people in the world who don't have God as their shepherd. You have God as your shepherd. If you've turned to Jesus as a forgiver of sins and a leader of your life, you have God as your shepherd. You only have God as your shepherd because of what Jesus has done. So it's right on this first day of the new year to celebrate what Jesus has done for us, to celebrate his selflessness and his death and then the new life that, that he gives to us the new life he gives to us so that we can have God as our shepherd. So the very basis of God being your shepherd is represented right here in communion. We have a picture of Jesus' broken body and his poured out blood. We have uh, bread and juice. And uh, in this picture of bread and juice, we have the, the picture of what Philippians tells us is death on a cross, that Jesus died on a cross in order to pay for our offenses against God so that we could have God as our shepherd. So all the benefits we've talked about this morning in Psalm 23, they're only ours because of this, because of Jesus' death and resurrection for us. And so it is right to, to focus on that this morning and to celebrate what this means. So that's what we're going to do with the remainder of our service, and I want to just kind of explain a little bit about it. First of all, we have uh, the, the bread and the juice, and the bread is a picture of Jesus' broken body. The juice is a picture of Jesus' poured out blood. And, and this time of remembering is something that Jesus' followers have done in the, in the 2,000 years, for 2,000 years, 
since Jesus died and rose again, as a way of remembering, as a way of bringing to mind and celebrating the life we have because of the death that Jesus experienced. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. And uh, we like to remind people that this is for anyone who is a Jesus follower. So if you're here this morning, you're like, well, this is my first time here. I don't know if I really ought to. Hey, if you're a Jesus follower, we, we really see only two requirements. And whether it's your first time here or your 1,000th time here, these are the two requirements. One is that you're a Jesus follower. That there's a time in your life when you made up your mind about Jesus. You turn to him as a forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, and that that's who you are. That's the first qualification. The second is that you're living in a way that is, is congruous with that. If there's someone here this morning who says, yep, I belong to God. I made that decision a long time ago, and, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing my own thing now. You know what? You are in dangerous territory if you treat God so lightly as to worship Him without bringing your heart into alignment with Him. So the, the best thing for you to do would be to just uh, take care of that issue this morning so that you can, with integrity, worship in communion the next time. But if, if uh, these two things are true of you, you're a Jesus follower living in light of that, then you're welcome even if it's your first time to worship with us. And here's how we're going to be doing it this morning. We observe communion in different ways at different times. And uh, we're going to be, Jonathan is going to come and lead us in singing. And we're going to sing several songs of worship together. And during, the, during that time of worship, we're going to uh, come and when you feel ready, during these songs that we're singing, then you'll come forward and you'll serve yourself. You'll just take a wafer and you'll take some of the juice. And here's what you can do. You can come and you can sit down or kneel on the platform here or sit on one of these chairs. You can take it back to your seat. You can bring your family. Uh, you can take it back to your family. All right? All kinds of different uh, ways that you may feel comfortable doing this. And we'll even have opportunity for someone uh, if you're not able to get up from your seat or you're not comfortable, we'll have someone, Pastor Chris, I believe, will be uh, watching for you. And if you just catch his eye, raise your hand, uh, he, will, he will bring the elements to you. All right? And so when uh, you feel ready, just begin. And you may wait in line a little bit, and that's okay. Use this time to sing. Jonathan will be leading us. You can sing or you can listen as Jonathan and the band uh, sing, and uh, make this a time where you can take time aside between you and God, worship Jesus for who He is and what He's done for you. Uh, one other note is we do have uh, gluten-free, a gluten-free basket here with a little sign in it for those of you who need that uh, option, okay? So um, what I'd like to do is pray, and then Jonathan's going to lead us in worship and we're going to continue worshiping Jesus through communion. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We are so glad that you are our shepherd. And we know that, that uh, we are not entitled to you as our shepherd. There isn't anything that we've done that uh, merits having you be the one who takes care of us. But you do because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, who became a human being and died on the cross so that we could have life. We celebrate that this morning as a faith family. So I pray that, Spirit, you'd move in our hearts and our minds as we sing, as we observe this ancient uh, way of remembering Jesus, and that you will uh, make these truths uh, 
impactful to us and that, that as we engage with you, that we'll be encouraged, our faith will be strengthened, our obedience will be strengthened, and that we'll enter this brand new year uh, alongside you and serving your purposes. And so we pray that you will do this as we worship you this morning. Amen.